The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. It's time for this week's edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Rev. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and I'm excited about this program today. This is so practical for all of us, personal ministry to cancer families. That's right, Wayne. We're going to talk about being equipped for personal ministry to cancer patients and their caregivers. When we talk about supporting individuals through a cancer diagnosis or any health care crisis, we must learn to relate to them where they are at the time. So we want to discuss how we should prepare ourselves personally to support these folks. How do we uh, equip ourselves so that we know what to say, when to say it, how to say it? Uh, what do we do when we go to the hospital, et cetera, et cetera? There's so much that is still unknown for many people around the subject of cancer that they're not really prepared to have personal ministry with individuals with cancer. Yeah, uh, I, I know you uh, are making a life out of uh, pastoral care of folks in this position, but and I've been in a situation, you know, to go to the hospital or to come alongside as a as a caregiver from time to time. But I got to tell you, preparing for this program today, there's some things that uh, that are in our notes that that I hadn't thought about before that we want to pass on to our listeners. Well, yeah, again, very practical. Again, Wayne, you know, we try to be real practical here. We're not very deep. We, we try <laughs> to do things that that any and everybody can do, but maybe they hadn't thought of, and no one has ever brought to their attention. So we want to do that okay. today. All right, we'll get into this as we talk together with Percy McRae here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. You always have a scripture in mind as we open a program. What's what's on your heart and mind today, Percy? The spiritual nugget for today, my friend, is Colossians 3, 12 and 13. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, verse 13 tells us, and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Mm. So we're going to talk about, again, preparing and equipping or clothing ourselves, as the scripture says, with things that will allow us to effectively minister to others. And we have a great free resource to offer to our listeners. We'll talk more about that in a few moments. Can I take you back in time? Sure. Do you remember... Early in your ministry, when uh, you were in the hospital calling on patients, what, what were some of the, you know, did you make a mistake here and there, I guess is what I'm asking? This is a great question, Wayne. And, you know, very few people have ever asked me this question. And the times that I've been on the road and have spoken and trained churches and leaders, I always share the fact that when I first started out in hospital health care ministry all of the mistakes that I made, and I made so many of them. That's how we learn, isn't it? It is. It really is. For example, one of the things that I had to learn early on, particularly being a preacher and a pastor, and I had to learn uh, not to practice preaching to patients in the hospital. Yeah, listen. Yeah, they, they're not they're not mentally, emotionally, or physically, in many cases, uh, prepared to hear a sermon. They're tired. They've been medicated. They're in pain. Uh, their attention span is very short. In many cases, they've had several other people that have already visited with them for the day. So, again, coming to the bedside full of energy and exuberance of wanting to, to declare the word of God and not consider the fact at all that I really needed to sit down and understand and hear from the patient first would be a crucial, important step. But, again, as I often said about me, because I can't hurt my feelings, I was young <laughs> and dumb. <laughs> and so uh, that. 
that that's just an example of just some subtle things that we can do better and be more effective at when we speak and when we minister to people. Well, I know the conversation to come is going to help everyone listening today. Here's the resource we want to put in your hands right now because you can go to our website and download it immediately. It's called Hospital Visitation Tips. And we'll talk through this in a few moments with Percy, but go there right now to healthhopeandinspiration.com. Download the document, look at it, perhaps even while we talk about it today here on the program. Hey, thanks for listening. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration, and we'll be right back. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease, evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic medicine, along with pastoral care to help maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. Welcome back to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Percy McRae. Percy, we very often have a guest on the program today. Guess what? You're the guest today. Wow, I'm sitting in the hot seat today. (laughs) You are. We're going to put you right there on the spot today with our program here talking about personal ministry to cancer families and our resource, Hospital Visitation Tips. Now, here's one thing I learned in preparing for this program today. There's some things that I need to do to prepare before I ever go to the hospital to try to encourage someone else. Well, we should think about it this way, Wayne. Again, uh, I've often told people, don't take your junk and put it in somebody else's trunk. (laughs) In other words, before you actually go to visit someone, it is extremely important to set your personal worries or issues aside so that you can focus on the patient and their issues. Sure. You have to clear out some space in your heart in your spirit, and in your emotions so that, number one, the Spirit of God can speak through you and that you can be open to anything that will come up in the course of that visit. Well, it's good for us to ask ourselves, what is my motivation? Am I doing this out of obligation or am I doing this out of compassion and love for the person that I'm visiting? Well, and again, there are a lot of people that you can begin to um, uh, analyze and look at what is the driver behind what they do, quote unquote, from a ministerial perspective. Some people just like to talk. I've talked to people who have said, I believe I'm called to ministry because I'm very chatty. That's not necessary. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have a gift or, or, or you're called to minister to someone. And it certainly isn't necessarily the criteria uh, for uh, having a discussion with someone under these set of circumstances. So, again, what is our motivation? And we need to understand the motivation of our heart. First of all, that we love God and that we love his people. We need to have that clear in our heart, because, again, if we don't, 
sometimes our visit can get skewed and our intention can turn into a very disastrous outcome if we're not clearing out that space and being very clear about what we're doing and why we are doing it. One thing our resource recommends is to have a a plan, so to speak, have a scripture in mind. Now, as I think about how to apply that, um, I'm thinking about situations where it would be good to go in with a scripture in mind, but perhaps the Spirit leads you, because of listening to the patient, the Spirit leads you to something else. But at least you've got something that you can that you can focus on when you when you go in there. Yeah, again, you you begin to kind of uh, go through your mind, if you will, a little bit to kind of cover some scenarios and situations where certain types of scriptures would be appropriate. You know, around uh, faith, around uh, suffering, around joy, that you can kind of have already in your bag that you can pull out quickly and not necessarily try try to jostle your memory for. But again, every visit then takes on a very unique turn that may require something else completely different than what you thought may be appropriate at the yeah, time. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the actual hospital visit when we're reaching out to uh, really try to encourage uh, someone who's on a cancer journey. Uh, I know there's no hard and fast rule, but how how long should we be in that room? It's a great question because what we need to bear in mind, here's the rule of thumb. You are not necessarily the only person that that person is talking to in that day. So we need to think about the condition of the patient. They're in many cases very tired. In some cases, they are medicated. In some cases, they may be in pain. They may have just gotten out of surgery, et cetera, et cetera. So we need to bear in mind that a long, drawn-out visit is probably not the most conducive in terms of time. You may be the 15th person, the 12th person, or the 9th person that has come to visit that person. So shorter, concise visits in many cases and in most cases are better than long visits because of the ability of the patient to give you that type of attention and to be responsive to you. But if you sense that they want to talk, that they need the company, that it's really being productive for you to be there. I mean, you can stay longer if you sense that, right? You can stay longer. And again, here's the key to this is being able to read the room and gauge where the patient is located. Ultimately, the the rule of thumb is the patient should drive the bus. Mm-hmm. We are not the bus driver. In many cases, we are driving the bus. We need to allow the patient to dictate and be sensitive to uh, maybe this should be a short visit. Maybe this can be a bit of a longer visit. So we need to try to really begin to gauge the temperature, if I can use that expression, of where the patient is located and what their needs are. And quite frankly, we could just theoretically just ask them, you know, listen, you know, are you know, are are you okay if I stayed a little bit longer or are you tired now? Right. You would be surprised if you give patients permission to be honest that they'll tell you exactly what they I want. C- I can hear that. And right. they'll tell yeah. you exactly yeah. how they want it. Sure. So, But we need to be open for that and we need to be willing to uh, uh, to follow through with that accordingly. Well, even here in the studio today, we've been talking about those situations where people come into the room and they want to talk about everything under the sun except what they should be talking about. Or maybe they want to talk about themselves rather than listen to what the you know the friend in the bed wants to talk about. So again, it's another skill set. Find attempt to ask questions that will allow the patient to dictate to you what they want to talk about. So we need to you know we need to ask open ended questions. And then allow the patient to respond and react and try to read that accordingly. So, again, for example, all cancer patients don't want to talk about cancer. I've had cancer patients who absolutely wanted to talk about everything and anything but cancer. So then you accommodate that accordingly. Sure. But, again, there may be some individuals who may take that as 
an offense that, you know, you want to talk about something else other than their situation and their cancer. So we need to let them dictate to us yeah. how we how we structure that conversation. If I'm the patient and I'm a baseball fan, I may want to talk about today's game a little bit, not ex- not exclusively for an hour. Perhaps. I would imagine if the person that I know in Wayne Shepard want to talk about the Chicago <laughs> Cubs on some level. So, again, we need to it's, it's also being attentive to knowing your audience or knowing the patient and getting to understand them so that you can respond to them accordingly and appropriately. It calls for sensitivity. That's what you're saying. Sensitivity, being open, being uh, free to allow them to shift gears and dictate motion and tempo. Absolutely. And this comes from our resource, which we're offering today, just to illustrate how practical this is. Refrain from leaning or sitting on the bed. Yeah. I, never, I never thought about that. It's, it's, it's so practical that you'll miss it if you're not made aware of the principle here. The principle is respecting and giving cancer patients or any patient for that matter their private space. Okay. Many patients, particularly in hospital settings and particularly cancer patients, feel that everyone has invaded their space mentally, emotionally, physically. Mm -hmm. So you come into the room and you just lean on the bed or you just sit on the bed. And again, they've had everybody coming into their room, out of their room, moving things, shuffling things around. We need to honor the, the private personal space of an individual and allow them to have that space and not feel like they're being encroached upon and crowded in on. If a nurse comes in or even a doctor comes in, uh, that might be time for us to at least take a a step out in the hallway for a while. We need to be mindful of, again, who else is in the room, clinicians, professionals. Number one, we need to allow the professional team to come in and do their job unobstructed. So we need to give way. We need to move out of the way. We may even need to say, listen, I'll step out while you have this discussion or while you have this diagnostic test. Again, it's all around honoring the space of that environment and what needs to happen there and, and be sensitive sensitive and cognizant to that. So again, it goes back to the previous point. Unless that's a dear personal friend of yours or someone that you have an intimate relationship with, respect their space and give them that space. But also the same applies to the clinical team and the uh, the folks that are coming in doing their job. We need to give them space to function. We don't need them uh, stepping over us or stepping around us. Yeah, and don't overstay your welcome. And then obviously understand that, as my mom used to say, uh, leave before you are asked to go home. <laughs> is <laughs> understanding, you know, being conscious, conscious of the fact of how long, how much time you have spent. And maybe it's time to simply say or or ask them, you know, would it be OK if I come back tomorrow? Would you like for me to, uh, to finish this visit on another day or start doing some test closings to see where the patient is located? And in many cases, they'll tell you, no, can you stay another five minutes? You sure. can stay just a little bit yeah, longer. Yeah. But you're now trying to get a sense of how long you should or shouldn't stay. So, again, tr- try not to overstay your welcome. Yeah. And we haven't talked about this, but it just occurs to me that I've seen people who really kind of try to sidestep the hospital rules as well in paying that visit. And that's 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 not healthy. This has been probably one of the most um, amazing things over a 20 plus year career that I've seen where people just simply uh, consciously and unconsciously just are oblivious to the fact that there are some protocols, sure, some standards. For the benefit of the patient. Uh-huh. So respect those policies and procedures. Understand what they are. I would say always stop off at the nurse's station first and foremost to introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. Find out are there any limitations or restrictions to the visit, like a gown or gloves or a mask. 
understand what is the, the unique dynamic of that particular patient situation at that time before you just barge in and enter into a room. And while we're on the subject, please always knock on the door and ask oh, for permission to point. enter the room. Excellent point. Patients may be uh, ungowned. They may be doing other very sensitive things with regard to a test. We wouldn't walk in their house without knocking on the door, would because we? Because we need to honor their personal private space. It goes back to a previous point about sitting on the bed. The hospital setting is their personal and private space. Well, so much of this is covered in this free resource we're offering to our listeners today called Hospital Visitation Tips. It's available for download right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. I hope you'll avail yourself of that. Health, hope, and inspiration. Percy, there's some more things to talk about, and we'll get back to them next in just a moment on this week's edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease, evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic medicine, along with pastoral care to help maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. Once again, you are listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Remember, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. We're talking today about personal ministry to cancer families, specifically because it ties into our resource today. When you go to the hospital to visit someone, what should you do and what shouldn't you do? And Percy, I know you've experienced this, and as we've talked about this in the studio today, others have as well. When when people don't know what to talk about, they're uncomfortable, you bring up things you really shouldn't talk about. You do. For example, I've heard actually people share with a cancer patient in some pretty critical moments, not understanding and being aware of the fact of talking about when their loved one died of cancer, oh, as an example. Oh, no. And again, so it's it's just really poor timing. It's it's not the appropriate subject to bring up or to share with the cancer patient. Uh, I've, I've heard situations and scenarios when individuals were going to receive a certain type of treatment, and then people would share horror stories about loved ones who had a similar type of treatment, and this was their outcome. It is better just to remain positive and stay true to the story, the situation, and the unique circumstances of the person that's sitting in front of you. Something as simple as the volume of your voice. You know, sometimes my wife will say, you know, you're talking too loudly. <laughs> well, for the for, for the people of us who have uh, vocal gifts, you know, who like who are speakers and, you know, you're you certainly, uh, you know, have a gift for speaking. And I as well, I have to be reminded of the fact that the volume of my voice really can fill a room very quickly. Yeah. And my wife 
wife, as an example, has a really tiny voice, and mm-hmm. she always reminds me at a restaurant or wherever we are. She said, "Percy, you need to really lower your voice. Your voice carries; people can hear you." Well, in a hospital setting, what's so important about this is you have other patients who also are sharing similar space with people that you are visiting. Sure, maybe a semi-private room. That's correct. So again, at the end of the day, you also have to be very conscious of the fact to modulate your voice or to direct your voice more specific to the patient versus just kind of filling a room because you, in theory and principle, can be agitating others around you and be annoying to others around you with just the volume of your voice. From your experience, your advice on children visiting in a hospital room. Well, I, again, it's 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 unique to the circumstance, and there certainly are appropriate times to have children. And the hospital may have rules. Uh, and the hospital may have rules. But I would say certainly, again, to to be able to uh, understand your child, you know, uh, what what is your child capable of doing? I mean, I've seen well-intended parents whose children in public settings and particularly hospitals just were unmanageable. You know, they, they want to run, they want to play, they want to jump. They want to be kids. They want to be kids at the end of the day. And it doesn't make the kids bad as much as, again, understanding the environment that we've placed them in and what we're trying to ask of them to do under the circumstances of, of naturally being a child. There just simply may be times that... Uh, children visiting in hospital settings are just not appropriate depending on the, the temperament and the makeup of your child and ultimately the situation of the patient. So you're really going to have to judge that very uniquely and individually. Yeah. Uh, prying into medical information that the patient doesn't really want to talk about? This is a big one, Wayne. I've seen this happen over the years. I've seen pastors. I've seen family members who have almost cross-examined and badgered a patient about their current medical situation or condition. What did the doctor say? Well, how long? Why did they tell you that? And again, we need to be very mindful of the fact that that that's the patient's private medical information. If they want you to know that information, they'll share that information with yeah. you. So be sensitive around uh, the cross-examination and the badgering of personal medical information from a patient. We've talked about so many important things today, and there's more we could talk about, but there's much more in this resource as well called Hospital Visitation Tips, and you can download it right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, we're going to close with our spiritual nugget. We opened Colossians 3, verses 12 and 13. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Verse 13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. We need to just be conscious of how we are clothed as we are serving and supporting God's people. That is so good, Percy. Thank you for that. And I hope everyone listening will take the time to view and download this resource we're offering. It's free of charge. There's no obligation. Hospital visitation tips. Let's talk about this for just a moment. There's so many practical things to think about that we often don't think about. And again, learned behavior and insights that I've gleaned from 20 plus years of bedside service of supporting patients and their caregivers in a hospital setting, which is really important because a lot of people uh, assume that they know how to do an effective hospital visit. (laughs) And again, based upon just what they think is intuitive. But the fact of the matter is there are some very specific and unique things that should or should not be done in that environment. Well, I learned a lot from reading through this. For instance, a refrain from leaning or sitting on the bed 
unless you're a very close personal friend or family member. And the dynamic that's at work here, and a lot of people are not aware of this, the bed is a person's private personal space, uh, which has been invaded, quite frankly, in a hospital setting. There's not much private or personal space that you have there. And unless that's someone that you are very close to, you want to respect their personal space and allow that space to be maintained and have sanctity of it. That's just one example from this list. Here's another one, and there are so many more, but this one says offer to leave the room if medical procedures are to be performed. You would be surprised how often individuals have gotten in the way of the technicians or the clinical staff who simply would not give way to the individuals who are there to do their job. So please excuse yourself and allow those techs, those uh, individuals to come in and do what they're there to do, and that is to take care of the patient that's in the bed. Well, this is such a practical resource we're offering today. Hospital visitation tips. You can download it right now. You can make multiple copies of it and give it to others in your church who pay hospital visits, perhaps. Uh, This will be helpful to all who read it. So download it for free right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Our time is gone. Percy, thank you. Look forward to our next conversation. Again, the best is yet to come. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Hope and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease, evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic medicine, along with pastoral care to help maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits.